amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Suite Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro joined by my colleague Chris Van Dyne once again. And uh, have a great slate of games uh, to go over with you today. We picked out we picked out some some key games, some some under the radar type of games we felt that we uh we could we could give you guys some value in and uh, hope that you guys like the games that we selected this week. We're going to start it off in the SEC with Missouri and Tennessee. We're going to go to the West Coast and take a look at the uh, 121st edition of the big game. Uh, going to go down south, see the Louisiana Tech versus Southern Miss CUSA matchup. We're going to preview the Iowa State at Texas Big 12 title game implication on the line matchup. We're going to go out east to Yankee Stadium and take a look at the Syracuse versus Notre Dame game. And then finally, we're going to do our uh, one of our giveaways in Power yeah. Suite this week, which is takes place in the Big Ten, Michigan State at Nebraska. Before we get into this week's slate of games, so we want to remind everybody what we have going on here this weekend at North Coast Sports. Uh, off of another winning weekend last weekend, we've got our NFL Game of the Month going this Sunday. Our top NFL play this year has yet to go down. Perfect 10-0, and 0, average cover, 9.2 points per game. Uh, again, last week, easy cover on the Green Bay Packers uh, over Miami Dolphins, 31-12 victory. Green Bay was laying 10. So again, that play, 10-0 this year, the top NFL play, and we have our NFL Game of the Month going this weekend. Don't just get involved in the NFL Game of the Month, though. I mean, we've got a ton of specials going on this weekend. Of course, next weekend is Thanksgiving. We always have our $125 Thanksgiving special. We've got a special two-week deal for you. If you give us a call in our office, we will get you squared away on that, where you get a discount on this week's late phones, and also you get included, uh, obviously, uh, next weekend's Thanksgiving uh, late phones. And remember, last year in Thanksgiving, 14 and 8, 64% our, our total late phones went. And uh, again, this year, just phenomenal. College totals 14 and 4 the last five weeks. The top play trio, which is our top late phone side uh, in college, our top total and our top NFL play, it is now 11 and 4, 73% the last five weeks. So again, want to get you on board there. There's plenty of opportunities to jump on board this weekend. Uh, great slate of games. And again, this is when we really kick it into gear because unlike other handicapping services, we here at North Coast Sports only do football. We are football and football only, which allows us to concentrate on only football where other services have to concentrate this time of year on NBA basketball, college basketball, the NHL, uh, other, other things like that. So uh, again, 
The value is here with us. The records are proof in the pudding. And let's now get into this week's slate of games, Chris. Uh, a, a wonderful slate of games. We always start with the SEC, which you are the uh, SEC expert here at North Coast Sports, being the SEC Conference Coordinator. Missouri going on the road at Tennessee. Missouri already bowl eligible. Six and four, just two and four in the SEC play, though. Five and five against the spread. The Vols still looking for that one win to get them into bowl eligibility under under new head coach Pruitt. Five and five, also two and four in the SEC. Five and five against the spread. So kind of even matchup when you look at the the records here. The line opened up Missouri laying five and a half early money on the Tigers up to. By half a point, I mean up a little bit. Missouri is now laying six, so uh, half a point may be beneficial for you uh, volunteer backers. You know, looking at this game, Chris, when I was uh, handicapping it, you know, I look at the quarterback play, and obviously, you know, one of these schools has a highly touted NFL prospect, while the other school has a quarterback that is constantly being disrespected by his fan base, and, and if you look at over the last six games, I'm just going to put this out there, one quarterback is hitting 66% with a 9-0 ratio, averaging 185 yards passing <clears throat> per game, the other quarterback in that same time frame is throwing is is completing 62% of his passes just a 10 to 6 ratio 227 yards per game ah. I don't know. I mean, if you look at it, you would think, okay, the NFL prospect is the one with a 9-0 ratio hitting 66% of his passes. That's not true. That's that's Jared Guarantano from Tennessee. He's the quarterback that is playing better down the stretch. Drew Locke, the NFL uh, talent evaluators salivating over him. We still haven't figured that out. We've been on the on the non-Drew Lock tail for the last two years here at North Coast Sports. We just don't see it. Uh, I, I see this uh, Tennessee having the quarterback edge in this game. Uh, I look at the uh, the technical edges here for Tennessee. Missouri one and five against the spread away from Columbia. Tennessee four and one against the spread as a dog. Tennessee is a dog. I'll take the points with the Volunteers, uh, and you know what? It wouldn't shock me at all if Tennessee did pull the minor outright upset, Chris, but I won't go that far. I'll say Missouri by about a field goal, but again, I have no problem with Tennessee plus the points in this situation at home. Missouri has covered for the last six of this series and, and since they've uh, joined the SEC. In the last two games, they've put up 659 and 740 yards against the Tennessee defense. But one thing you have to consider is Jeremy Pruitt, former Alabama defensive coordinator, former Georgia defensive coordinator, he knows how to stop a potent offense, and he's not going to let a team put up those kind of yards against them. So expect the Tennessee defense to fare much better than they have the last couple of years against Missouri. The Vols need one win for a bowl game, so they're looking to get it here. They do have Vanderbilt on deck, and they've got a great shot to win that game. So it could be a possible 7-5 and five season for Tennessee. At the very least, I think they're going to get one of these last two games. Missouri's already bowl eligible, so Tennessee's got an edge as far as motivation goes. Uh, the Vols looked ahead to, to Kentucky a couple weeks ago, and that's why a lot of people backed off. Uh, Tennessee looked kind of bad against Charlotte, did not move the ball very well, held a less than 200 yards, but they bounced back last week. Obviously, we're looking ahead to that Kentucky game, and they, it showed 24-7 win. One of the more potent offenses, the offensive showings they've had all year, uh, second outright upset of the season. 
They, they ran for 250 yards against the Kentucky defense that's giving up less than 100 rushing yards a game. So you got to be impressed by that. Ty Chandler can get to the edge. He missed a couple games previous to that Kentucky game. They didn't have, a, have him against Charlotte, and it, they could have used him because he's a guy that has the speed to get to the edge, and that's something that Missouri's had trouble with at times this year, stopping running backs who can get that edge and bust some big runs. Tennessee's plus 64 yards per game at home. Missouri minus 24 yards per game on the road. And a key piece for Missouri is out this week. Tight end Albert Aquabuenum. He is not going to play this week. And that's a guy that's a Mackey semifinalist, maybe a Mackey finalist. I, I haven't gotten word about whether he uh, finished in the top three voting yet. But a big-time target for Drew Locke that is not going to be there. Tennessee's got a guy, Darrell Taylor, seven sacks this year, four of them coming last week versus Kentucky. Uh, Missouri does own wins of Florida and Purdue, so you got to be careful uh, about picking Tennessee to win this game outright. But uh, I'll go Missouri by a field goal here. You know, Tennessee has played pretty competitively in every game down the stretch, except for the Alabama game, but that seems to happen to everybody. So I, th I think the Vols keep this closer than people expect. Moving along to the West Coast now, probably the biggest rivalry game of the weekend. Of course, they're talking about the 121st edition of the big game, Stanford at Cal State. Uh, both teams coming in with identical 6-4 and four records. Stanford is 4-3 and three in the Pac-12, while Cal is 3-4 and four in the Pac-12. Stanford 6-4 and four against the spread, Cal 5-5 five and five against the spread. This line opened up at Stanford Lane 2. It is exactly the same Stanford minus 2, so no action uh, on one side or the other. Uh, for that goes as far as the early public betting but according to us let's see uh, one thing Chris this sounds so strange because when you think of Stanford obviously you think of physicality across the line of scrimmage um, you know on both sides of the ball but you say you know Cal is the is the one with the dominant defense in this game which is just, again it just sounds so strange when you say it out loud Cal is dominant on defense I mean with a capital D a big edge on that side of the ball uh Stanford's offense it started slow it's been picking up steam the last three games uh quarterback KJ Costello really finding his groove however I think Cal can limit uh, Costello in this game. They have our number five pass efficiency defense, and I want to uh, remind everybody, our pass efficiency defensive rankings are much more uh, complicated, I guess you could say, or there's much more into it than just simple, simply, oh, what's uh, opposing quarterbacks doing uh, against that defense? We actually take a look at the strength of each unit that the defense has faced each week, and we have a formula that calculates every single defense against every single offense. So our pass efficiency defensive rankings take much more into consideration than, than just simply the matchups. And you can see those pass efficiency defense that take the uh, take the, uh, the strength of the opposing team's offenses into the equation in every single Power Plays newsletter edition. We have our top... Every team, 130 uh, pass efficiency D rankings. Cal is our number five pass efficiency D. Again, uh, I want to remind everybody there, it's the best secondary that Costello will see all season. And when he faced a, another superior pass uh, efficiency defense in Notre Dame, he was limited to just 174 yards. 
I think Cal can limit him this week. I'm going to call this, uh, it's going to be a close game again. It's the big game. It's a rivalry. Uh, I don't see Stanford coming out on top here, though. I'm going to say Cal can can win this game. I'll, it's going to be close. It'll be a field goal. Uh, but even if Cal doesn't win, I think I mean, it could be a one-point game right down to the wire at the end of the game kind of type of deal where a team is needing an extra point or a two-point conversion to win uh, or even tie the game. I, again, I, I can't go against Cal in this situation. I like Cal here. Uh, again, close, but I'll go by a field goal. Well, I'm definitely with you on Cal. They are the better defensive team this year, and they've got some other edges I'll talk about. Um, now, Stanford does have the series edge. They've won eight straight in this series. We know that Stanford's traditionally the better football team by far, and Cal's kind of been, you know, just above, below average. Uh, mediocre, like about, about the last probably eight, ten years. They've had a couple years where they've made a bowl, but nothing special in the last eight, ten years. Uh, Stanford six and two against the spread in the series as well, winning by twenty points per game in those last eight games. Stanford finally got their run game going last week, but the thing is, everybody runs against Oregon State. They're giving up two hundred and seventy-two rushing yards a game, so I can't really look at that game last week and say Stanford figured something out because, frankly. If, if you don't run against Oregon State, you just don't even have a pulse. Um, the, the Cardinal could be without three offensive linemen this week. So you have to wonder, if they can't run the ball, are they going to be able to pass the ball against that Cal pass defense? And, and you mentioned, number five in our pass efficiency, ED, did a good job against Washington State a couple weeks ago, kind of playing the bend but don't break in that game, only gave up, uh, I believe, 19 points. So you got to like Cal's defense here against a banged-up Stanford offense. They will have Arcega-Whiteside, it looks like. The talented wide receiver from Stanford was questionable going into the week. They've upgraded him to probable. But he's a little banged up, and you know that, that could limit his ability to make big plays. Um, Chris Chase Garbers for Cal, since taking over the starting job in the last four games, 5-1 to one ratio. The big problem that Cal had in the middle of the season when McIlwain was a starting quarterback was turnovers. They seem to have fixed that with Garbers at the starting quarterback position. So I like Cal here getting a, a slight edge on the win and breaking that Stanford winning streak. This is their chance to get it done, and I think they do. Yeah, I think Wilcox is doing a, a wonderful job there at Cal, uh, head coach there uh, in his second season, just really starting to turn things around. All right, let's move along to Conference USA now. Louisiana Tech at Southern Miss, you look at these teams, Louisiana Tech 7-3 and three overall, 5-1 and one in Conference USA play. Southern Miss 4-5, and 3-3 three and three in Conference USA play. Louisiana Tech 5-5 five five against the spread. Southern Miss 4-5 and five against the spread. Line opened up, Louisiana Tech laying 2.5. Uh, still, Louisiana Tech minus 2.5. Has not changed one bit. Now, looking at this, Chris, I mean, you know, you're the CUSA conference coordinator here, so you are obviously the CUSA expert, and I'm kind of on the outside looking in when I when I handicap this game, but, uh, it, you know, is it me, or does this Louisiana Tech team appear just more fake than real? And, uh, you know, I look at this, these, this matchup on these teams, and I think it, Southern Miss matches up well. I think Southern Miss has the edge on offense. I think they have the edge on defense, and they have a sizable advantage on special teams. So uh, all those edges, 
are with the with the Eagles. Uh, Southern Miss, their defense has been playing very, very well down the stretch. They've held three out of their last uh, four foes to their season lows in yards. I looked at our computer. It's calling for Louisiana Tech to finish with under 300 yards of total offense. All that has me leaning with the Eagles. I'll call for Southern Miss to pull off their fourth straight outright upset in this series. Am I crazy, Chris? You're the CUSA guy. It is shocking to think that Southern Miss has been the dog in this series now four years in a row. This is a proud program that has had a lot of success. They had a couple down years in like 2012, I believe. But uh, when Monken came in to turn the program around and uh, Hobson's kind of continued that, as far as this game goes, uh, a big key for Southern Miss would be getting Jack Abraham back, their starting quarterback. He's thrown for 13 touchdowns, completed over 70% of his passes. It would be beneficial, obviously, for them to get him back. But their backup, Watley, is a capable quarterback. He's more of a running quarterback. But I still think they can get it done with him as a starting quarterback. Uh, last week, Southern Miss held uh, UAB to a season low, or was held to a season low, 165 yards against the Blazers' defense. But still kept that game close. Pushed it to overtime. They just uh, kind of fell flat in the second half. So it was still a very good game by by Southern Miss, keeping that close against the best team in CUSA. The one thing I, the Louisiana Tech does have on their side is Skip Holtz is a great coach. Great coach on the road. They already own wins at North Texas and FAU this year. But against their five common foes, Louisiana Tech is plus six points per game, but minus five yards per game, while Southern Miss is minus... A little less than a point a game, but about a half a point a game, but plus 97 yards per game. So they're getting it done yardage-wise. They've just had some games where turnovers have cost them. If you watched the game earlier this year against Charlotte, a couple interceptions, uh, one was returned for a touchdown, changed that game completely. Golden Eagles have pulled three straight outright upsets in this series. They're 4-0 as a home dog. I like Southern Miss to get the win here. This will be the game that gets them to a bowl game. Louisiana Tech has already got seven wins, so it's not as much of a concern for them. Uh, the motivation debt factor definitely goes to Southern Miss as well. Yeah, and they'll be one step closer to bowl eligibility there. They need to have this win to, to, to even be in that conversation. So I uh, definitely see that happening. All right, let's move along to the Big 12, where there is huge title game implications on the line. Of course, I'm talking about the Iowa State Cyclones going into Austin, taking on the Texas Longhorns. Iowa State 6-3, and 5-2 and two in the Big 12. Uh, Texas 7-3, and 5-2 and two in the Big 12. Obviously, both of them tied there. Uh, for that uh, in that in that Big 12 race, Iowa State six and three against the spread. Texas just four and six against the spread. Line opened up Texas minus three. Still the same Texas minus three. Iowa State just a dangerous dangerous underdog. The loser of this game will be eliminated from the Big 12 title game contention. Uh, I want to remind everybody that Iowa State running back David Montgomery he will be out the first half of this game after he was ejected last week versus Baylor. But uh, not to worry too much because. Iowa State has already proven they can win without him as uh, you know in a full game as they went on the road into a tough place Stillwater beat Oklahoma State on the road just last month without David Montgomery the entire game this week Iowa State is only missing Montgomery for one half the key to Iowa State has been uh, 
uh, inserting true freshman quarterback Brock Pump Fake Purdy. He's 5-0 and since they inserted him as a starter. He's fully available for this game, and I say Pump Fake because he has one of the best pump fakes you will see. Teams know it's coming. They still can't get, get by it, and that Pump Fake has allowed him to just put up considerable numbers for the Cyclones. Uh, Texas, they're banged up They're in their secondary. That is also gives Iowa State quarterback Purdy an advantage. I look at Iowa State. They're 8-2 against the spread versus top 25 teams. Already 3-0 this year. I think they get it done again. I'm going to call for Iowa State to pull off the outright upset. And, well, yeah, yeah we'll say the outright upset. I like Iowa State here uh, plus uh, minus the point. Plus the points, I should say. One thing I noticed when I was looking at this game was Texas defense allowing 500 yards each of the last three uh, th- last three games. Iowa State's defense holding opponents to 107 yards per game less than what their foes are averaging. That's number nine in college football right now. So big defensive edge for Iowa State here. Um, Texas does have a good quarterback on their side too. Sam Ellinger, 20-2 to two ratio. Nine to z- nine to zero ratio the last three since uh, he came back from a little bit of an injury, uh, but Iowa State's got the number thirteen pass efficiency D, so they defend the pass well. And uh, Texas only has the number sixty four pass efficiency D, so Purdy will be able to get enough openings and make enough plays that I think it keeps Iowa State in this game. Uh, they've got a defensive end Bailey five and a half sacks uh, included in, in in his eleven tackles for loss. Uh, but he's been quiet the last two, so he needs to step up and have a big game for Iowa State to, to be able to be competitive in this game and, and possibly win it. Um, Iowa State eight and three is an away dog. Texas two and nine is a home favorite. You got to like the situation for Iowa State. They always play well as a dog, and Campbell is just—he's a, a heck of a head coach. So I agree. I think Texas wins this game, but it's going to be very close. It'll be near the line. Probably not a game I'd look to bet. So I, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think Iowa State probably stays on that side of the line. Yeah, as long as Iowa State is a dog, you gotta you got to favor them in this in this game uh, as far as with the point spread is concerned. Let's take a look at the next game on our slate. Uh, going to the East Coast in the Bronx, Yankee Stadium, Syracuse versus Notre Dame. Uh, Syracuse, one of the surprise teams in the nation, 8-2, and 5-2 and two in uh, ACC play. Notre Dame, again, another surprise team, 10-0. Uh, playoff implications on the line for the Fighting Irish Syracuse. 8-2 against the spread. Notre Dame, 5-4-1 against the spread. Lined open up Notre Dame, 9.5 favorites. Gone up to double digits. Notre Dame is now an 11-point favorite, Chris, in this game, uh, which is kind of surprising to me. Uh, you look at this, you got, you got uh, you know, Ian Book. It's safe to say Notre Dame, he's coming back this week. Um you know, with him at quarterback, I think the offenses are even. Notre Dame has a big edge on defense, but Syracuse have a decent special teams advantage in this game. And, uh, you know, I look at this Syracuse team. They went into Death Valley. They led by over a touchdown at halftime, uh, hung tough with Clemson, who is, you know, right there with Alabama. I mean, it's, it's, it's Bama one, Clemson two, as far as my top two teams that I've seen play this year. So I don't think 
the Syracuse players are going to look across the side of the, you know, the other side of the field at Yankee Stadium and be starstruck or anything like that, or and they won't be intimidated when they look at uh, you know Notre Dame across the field. They know they can hang with this team. They just hung in Death Valley, um, uh, obviously on the road with a superior Clemson team. Uh, this uh, running back Neal, quarterback Dungy, I think they're going to be able to run against this Notre Dame defense, in my opinion. I think they'll have success there. Notre Dame laying double digits. I got to I gotta go with Syracuse plus the points here. I'm not calling for Syracuse to pull off the outright upset, Chris, but I definitely think they can keep this game within a touchdown. Well, Syracuse has achieved their main goal of getting bowl eligible. You know, the last couple of years, it seems like Syracuse always pulls off that one big upset, beat Clemson last year, Virginia Tech the year before, but it seems like they fit, they faltered defensively down the stretch every year and end up not making a bowl game. Well, this year they got to a bowl game, but mission is not accomplished. Think about this. They only have two losses. If they were to win this game, they're in the conversation for a group of five bowl game and likely on the on the right side of it because 10 wins and a win over uh, at the time expected playoff team in Notre Dame would get them there. So you got to like the, uh, the, the motivation for Cuse is still on, uh, still there. Notre Dame obviously fighting for a playoff spot though. Uh, the Irish off a 29 point win over FSU at home. Uh, they were plus 173 yards in that game. Syracuse beat Florida State earlier this year, 30-7. to They were plus 201 yards in that game, also at home. So both even performances. Uh, Eric Dungy, fantastic quarterback for Syracuse, 2,193 yards, 600 uh, yards passing, I should say, 690 rushing yards. Syracuse offense, potent, averaging 58 yards per game, more than their opponents are allowing. That's number 29 in the FBS. Notre Dame's got a stout defense. We know that. They defend the run really well, likely getting Ian Book back this week after missing last week versus Florida State. The Cuse uh, D has ha had trouble maintaining their performance throughout the season the last couple of years. They've had a couple really bad performances at the end of the year in both the last two seasons. Um, it seems like they're kind of getting that right, that, that ship righted. They've performed well at the end of the year so far. Um, they have a young secondary, so they're going to have to be careful about not letting Book make big plays down the field. And you have to worry about uh, Dexter Williams for Notre Dame. 202 rushing yards last week. He's been fantastic since he came back from that suspension early in the season. Syracuse did allow 203 rushing yards last week, 5.2 yards a carry. You mentioned the special teams edge. Andre Smith's a walk-on for Syracuse uh, kicker has been absolutely awesome this year. Uh, may win uh, some postseason awards, could be an all-conference guy. Uh, so the special teams edge for Syracuse could be significant. Sean Riley, also a very good punt and kick returner. Uh, the Syracuse offense keeps them in this game. They've covered nine of their last 11 as a dog. Notre Dame, not as well, not as good as a favorite. Uh, one six and one when they're favored by a touchdown or more. So I got the I got Syracuse. I got the orange covering this one, keeping it within single digits. Yeah, you see that a lot with uh, the, the 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 line and the uh, Notre Dame backers really inflate their lines significantly, which is why they have trouble 
uh, covering as chalk week in and week out. All right, moving along to our last game on the slate. Of course, we're going into the Power Sweep newsletter, going into one of our two stars. And don't fret on this just being a two star. I want to remind everybody, our college two stars over the last five years are hitting 65% winners, 94, 51, and 2. 65% over the last five years. So these two star selections out of the Power Sweep newsletter are nothing to turn your head on. And this week, we're going to take a look in the Big Ten, Michigan State at Nebraska. Michigan State already bowl eligible, 6-4, and 4-3 four, four and three in the Big Ten. Nebraska uh, not eligible for a bowl this year, simply playing for pride, 3-7, and 2-5 in the Big Ten. Michigan State, 4-6 and six against the spread. Nebraska's 5-5 five and five against the spread. The line opened up, Michigan State minus 1.5. Early money is on Sparty. It's up to Michigan State minus 2 now, which is essentially, I mean, you know, you're asking Nebraska to win the game outright, uh, you know, with a line like that pretty much. But um, looking at this game, Michigan State, they have the number one rush D in the nation. They're allowing 77 rushing yards, uh, just 2.6 yards per carry per game. Uh, however, when you look at this Michigan State team, their two worst defensive performances came against teams with quarterbacks that are mobile. When you look at Nebraska, what do they feature? True Frosh quarterback Adrian Martinez. He's the best dual threat quarterback Michigan State will face this year. Yeah, I'm going to say it. He is the best dual threat quarterback Michigan State will face this year. I know, I know. The Sparty has seen Penn State and Trace McSorley. Get out of here. Adrian Martinez is a better dual threat quarterback right now as a true freshman than Trace McSorley is as a senior. I'll back that 100% all day long. Uh, this kid is phenomenal. Running back Devino Zigbo from Nebraska. He's got 100-plus rushing yards, four out of his last five games. I think the dual uh, combination of Martinez and Ozigbo can get it done on the ground against this Michigan State defense that is going to be just put under pressure by this Nebraska offense that is just going to town. Scott Frost really has these guys playing down the stretch. Uh, Nebraska nearly pulled the outright upset at Ohio State two weeks ago. They're at home this week. They're 4-0 against the spread this year. Uh, a run right now. They've won their last four uh, against the spread in Big Ten play. I like the way the Huskers are playing. They have a lot of confidence. The mistakes that they were making earlier in the season are not happening right now. This Nebraska team is dangerous. Michigan State does not want to face them right now. I've got Nebraska winning this game outright, Chris. I'm with you all the way on this one. Uh, Nebraska, plus 124 yards per game at home, plus 33 yards per game on the season, despite the losing record. And the crazy thing about that is that number gets really skewed by a blowout loss to Michigan, where they kind of made the mistake of talking some smack and made Michigan a little angry, so that they got pounded on a little bit. Um, the Michigan State team, very solid, plus 70 yards per game on the road, plus 12 yards per game in Big Ten play. But that run D uh, of Nebraska is getting better, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to give Michigan State enough fits that you know it's, it's going to be up to the Nebraska offense. And you mentioned uh, how how good Martinez is as a dual threat quarterback. Michigan State has been a stout run D all year, but the only game they've really given up some rushing yards was against Penn State and McSorley, two hundred and five rushing yards, and that that was the other dual threat quarterback they saw this year. So. You got to think. The last time they saw a dual threat quarterback, they gave up a season high 205 rushing. Something similar might happen. And I think it could be even more, like you said, Martinez is really impressive right now. 
and Nebraska at home. Scott Frost has these guys playing really well. Never mind the fact that they're not going to a bowl game right now. They just want to get better and improve every week. So I think that this will be their banner win. This is going to be the one they point to at the end of the year and say, yeah, we beat Michigan State. Yeah, and that is a two-star selection from our Power Sweep newsletter. All right, uh, everyone. Again, want to remind everybody, our NFL Game of the Month is going on Sunday, uh, this Sunday. And once again, our top NFL lane, late phone play is a perfect 10-0 and 0 this year. Average cover by 9.2 points per game. Get on board for this weekend. Not only that, you get you can take 20% off this week uh, by signing up for next weekend's Thanksgiving package. So uh, not only will you get that NFL game of the month on Sunday, you can get it at a uh, 20% discount uh, right on there. And uh, you could give us a call, 1-800-654-3448. 1-800-654-3448. Or you can go online to our website, ncsports.com. Check out all of our specials we have going on there for this weekend. And make sure you call in and get our totals this weekend because our totals are red hot. Another 3-0 week last week on our totals, 7-1 in the last two weeks. So if you've missed a boat on our totals through the last two years, you really got to try it because I'll tell you what, our totals have been on fire for the last two years. Uh, I, I don't have the exact number for the last years, but we had a, a 12-game run where we hit our top total and the last two weeks have been phenomenal, 7-1. and one. And most of the games we've been hitting have been just easy winners. So uh, get on board with those totals because it'll get you some money. Yeah, not just the last two weeks. I mean, yeah, what, 12 in a row we hit our, our top total to end the season last year and again going into the beginning of this season and uh, continue to be red hot on those totals, 14 and 4 the last five weeks to capitalize on those last two weeks, obviously, uh, as well. Really doing a very, very good job on there on those total selections. We're talking, those totals we're talking about, of course, are Saturday late phone totals uh, in our college selections. The NFL games on Sunday could be totals or sides. It just depends on what the best play there is. All right, everybody. Again, uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. For Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro, and we will talk to you again next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.